0: Lindisfarne, June 8th in the year 793. First, the monks at Lindisfarne priory saw nothing, just a sea, an empty horizon. Then suddenly something appeared, sails. And then even more sails, ships emerging from the distant longboats on their way to their shores. On board the boats, Vikings, armed Norsemen and the world would never again be the same. The Viking raid of Lindisfarne off the Northumbrian coast was not the first, but it has gone into history as one of the most famous raids of the Viking Age. Some even say it was the start of the Viking Age. The Vikings were not just looking for gold. Soon they had their eyes on something even more precious, to grasp power of England itself, to not just loot, but to rule. Many centuries later, in October 2020, we witness another Viking attack but this time in a trailer for the highly anticipated upcoming Ubisoft game Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And just like in 793, the world would never be the same. Well, not the gaming world at least. The trailer was produced for Ubisoft by DDB Paris and the production company Eddy and Goodbye Kansas Studios. So, let's meet some of the Norsemen at Goodbye Kansas who made it happen. Today, the yellow brick road leads to Valhalla. Mm Hi everybody, I'm Niels Lagerin. this is of course Yellowbrick Road, our friendly little podcast about movies, games and VFX. And yes, today we're going to talk about Vikings, Norsemen, and the latest trailer for Ubisoft's upcoming game, Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And here to talk about the production are three of the Norsemen that made it happen. Director Emnet Mollegheta, executive producer Jan Kafurk, and art director Gustav Holmsten. Welcome, guys.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: Gustav, you're joining us through Google Hangout.
2: Yeah, uh, exactly. <laughs> so <laughs> apologies for the sound quality if, if it's bad. But, uh. <laughs> well, we're happy to have you anyway.
0: Yeah. Uh, you and Emnet, you've been here with us at Gjellberg Grove before, but Jan, you haven't. So before we dive into the production story, what's your story? Your brief story.
1: (laughs) You don't want me to to deep dive into that one. Uh, Yeah, Jon (laughs) is a man of many lives. (laughs) Yes, uh, what's my story? Uh, Basically, um, coming from background of design, uh, film, and animation, uh, worked independently for or as a freelancer for about 15 years before joining um, ILP as a VFX producer and uh, working with them for several years, doing a lot of great work with lots of great people. And uh, (laughs) and then came over here to Goodbye Kansas to uh, work in the universe of cinematics and full CG trailers. Great. It's great to have you here. Thank you very much.
0: So let's start from the beginning. How did this project
1: come about? Um, yeah, so how did, we, how did this get started? We received a script, a voiceover script uh, from DDB via uh, Eddy Animation in Paris. Uh, and they wanted us to uh, take a look at that and see if this was something uh, we could produce and to do a treatment on. Um, and looking at the script, we saw that this was uh, something uh, out of the ordinary, something very interesting. It was about this Viking coming ashore uh, and uh, going through basically the the, uh, the procedure for conducting a raid. And um, this was something that sounded really exciting for many reasons because we're always looking for something that challenges us and something that pushes us. And the aspects of this one was really interesting because here we have a character which we uh, want to engage in and that is something that we're really good at. And... Uh, immediately we saw the possibility to push our characters uh, further. Mm-hmm. And so, due to time constraints, uh, all of our great directors and, and, and uh, creative people were really busy on other projects, so uh, me and Gustav uh, put together a first treatment and returned this to clients. Uh, and uh, one of the things that the client had requested was they wanted to see the character um, break the fourth wall. Ah, oh, yeah. Uh, So, we pushed that aspect in the first treatment Mm -hmm. Uh, looking at references uh, from the film industry and looking at references from the commercial industry. We wanted to really push that aspect and challenge ourselves. And one thing that came to mind then was, why don't we do this as a one take?
0: Yeah, exactly. Because it is an unusual take for a trailer
1: to have this one long continuous take and, and as you said, breaking the fourth wall. Yeah. I think when, when you look at uh, House of Cards and, and those moments when, when the uh, character breaks the fourth wall, you really feel engaged with that character. And this was something that we thought, well, why don't we do that for 90 seconds? Mm-hmm. So that became part of the first treatment that uh, uh, we pushed back. And uh, it seems that we got uh, DDB on the hook with that. And then naturally uh, the con- conversation continues and Amnet became available and we started developing the script together with Amnet and, and uh, Gustav and the creatives.
0: And how long was that procedure? I mean, putting together this the first uh,
1: the first treatment. The first, uh, to me, it's it's kind of. But I think it was a question of days, really. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, it was. Yeah. yeah, it was really like we need this in two days or three days. So basically. I did check around, and see who's available. no one's available. <laughs> <laughs> and then uh, uh, I just we just started hammering on the keyboard basically and uh putting out ideas. and I think really the the aspect that that really I loved about it was the fourth wall and the kind of tongue- in cheek irreverence that we st- started putting into the character. wanted to push that aspect even further, uh, and kind of break the mold for the usual. CG characters.
0: Yeah, you you mentioned House of Cards.
1: What what other productions inspired you? Uh, There are some really good commercials out there, like the Johnny Walker one, where he's walking towards camera, talking about the product. I think that's an amazing, you know, commercial. Very Mm -hmm. engaging. Obviously, um, Old Old Spice. Old Spice. (laughs) Yeah, Old Spice. And and I think I even in the in the first treatment I wrote, the first line was "Hello, ladies." (laughs) Uh, which is the first line of like, you know, look at me, look back at your man. Hello, ladies. Look at your man. Now back to me. Now back at your man. Now back to me. Sadly, he isn't
0: me. But if he stopped using lady scented body wash and switched to Old Spice, he could smell like he's me. Look down. Back up. Where are you? You're on a boat with the man your man could smell like. What's
1: in your hand? Back at me. I have it. It's an oyster with two tickets to that thing you love. Look again. The tickets are now diamonds. So obviously, uh, DDB were like, oh, we love the references. Maybe this first line is a bit much. <laughs> 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 and, and finding, finding the visual look of it. Where,
0: where, where did you find that inspiration? Yeah, I don't know, Gustav. Do you want to start with that, or?
2: Yeah, I can do. Uh, you know, of course, the main inspiration came from the game itself. Uh, like Ubisoft has created a really spectacular world, like they always do with the Assassin's Creed franchise. So. They uh, provided us with a lot of gameplay and concept art, which we took a lot of inspiration from. Um, but we you know we had to create something very specific for this trailer, so we needed to do a lot of research ourselves. Um, and we looked into the <laughs> nature and landscape of North Ambria and sections and settlements and details of the Viking Age, uh, for instance, and um, for me, it's like always exciting to dive into this kind of research and really try to to get a sense of what we're doing uh, especially when it takes place in a historical time um like you always find a few interesting facts that you weren't aware of before and and you know for instance in this assassin's creed valhalla the world is populated by you know this roman uh, ruins uh, because of the fact that the Roman Empire governed the province of England for 400 years and then left it So it's yeah. it's it's a really special thing to imagine living in a world where there are like remnants of a higher developed culture It's like if we lived in a world with like alien artifacts or anything like that <laughs> For me, I personally I also went to uh, Birka during the summer uh which is uh it's a viking capital Uh, it's located just out of stockholm outside of stockholm and they have a really great like viking museum and a small viking village which provided a lot of great inspiration and references so for the details that was sort of the main inspirations and a lot of googling of course yeah i'm not too mad to that yeah um one of the things that that drew
3: me into it was the anachronistic take on it as well
2: yeah
3: um one one part of the 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 creative from the ddb was like you know we're gonna have trap music and at first Mm. i think uh internally and, and probably the client um might have just balked at that and be like well what's going on but then there was something interesting about it and it's also about that 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 notion of of creating um you know conveying the attitude of this character right as he's talking straight to camera And that just sort of it just went with his personality you have some sort of you know confidence sort of driving music to 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 you know to sort of set the tone and to be honest i think a lot of people when we first um, um approached them with the one take idea there were there was some hesitance and some some question marks oh, yeah. mainly mainly because you know doing a one taker is is you're so um you need to get the pacing right Mm. And given that we had ninety seconds, you know, there was a lot of stuff in the in the in the first script that that we had to sort of trim, simplify, to sort of you know dial down to something that could actually work. So, uh, you know, internally, and, and I was really pushing for it. Just try to keep that one take as 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 you know as sort of a you know as a sort of creative um, boundary. Because mm-hmm. it's interesting when, when you have those sort of you know when you set worlds when you set rules within a world that you have to adhere, adhere to that sort of creates new creative um, opportunities so mm. i really like that and um and you going back to, to what Gustav said about the about the look you know when i i just love looking at you know developing the visual look of, of things obviously i come from a design background so that's that's what i love to do and one thing that i really want to sort of keep was the naturalistic lighting to this mm. so try to keep you know the try to keep the environment have that light him and, and not go too theatrical and too staged in a way like um, it also sort of works with, with the whole world, you know, in the beginning it's sort of like, you know, early dawn. You have that sort of blue light lighting up everything and then there's a lot of mist and which create mystery and so sort of you don't see everything. Um, and then once you get into the house, you know, you have that sort of warmer, um, warmer lighting as a contrast to his sort of brutality. Hmm. You know, as he comes in and sort of just takes over the whole thing.
1: And after all that, oh. loot of course.
3: One of my favorite shots is at the end. Um, where 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 he's close to Cameron, then you see the the fire behind him. Mm. It's mm. it's such a sort of telling no, thing. that's you know, a like, great shot. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's uh, you know this this whirlwind, this storm coming in to sort of you know ravage. <laughs> and I think that
1: that was part of the <clears throat> the challenges that we set up for ourselves was that we really wanted to engage with uh, Ivor. We really wanted to get close. We really wanted to push the performance. We knew that's you know the difficulties in, in, in that, but this is something that our team wants yep. to do. So I think this was a great opportunity to push
3: that. Yeah, exactly. And and,
1: and I used to love the process as well. Sorry, I'm going ahead here. Yeah, well, I, <laughs> I used to love the
3: process of, of, of how we did this because you know we started with the script, we sort of massaged that to trim that down to ninety seconds, and then we did a storyboard, and then from that, um, basically it was it was me and Rebecca. We we uh, wanted the producers here. Um, mm-hmm. I so did a I did a floor plan of of you know. How big is the ship, and then you Mm-mm. know the, the beach and everything, and sort of just draw, you know, drew that on a piece of paper, and then went to our second floor and then mapped it out physically um, to do a blocking test.
1: Mm. <laughs> so we actually
3: brought one of the stunties from another shoot to come in and help us, um, and then I filmed it, and then he acted it out, and then we timed it. Yeah. Uh, with Rebecca playing some of the parts, some of the other parts <laughs> in it, the, 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 the poor merchant lord that gets killed yeah, or yeah. almost get killed. Um, and that was that was actually the base, um, and and we showed that. That was because, great, I mean, because it was yeah, so it was informal.
2: Yeah,
3: yeah. Um, to the agents saying that, okay, you know, this is the pacing that we're thinking, you know, and we can actually fit this within 90 seconds because of, the, you know, the, it was a TV spot, so we do yeah. have time limitations. And people were like,
1: yeah, we get this. Yeah, I think that's and, what sold the, the one take. Yeah, exactly, and, and and then
3: that became the base for the previs that we always mm-hmm. do, and then mm-hmm. that became the, you know the base for the for the That's file amazing. Yeah. So that was and, and I, I truly loved and enjoyed that. Like when you find these processes that you can mm. develop these projects, like that's the best um, part of it, the pre-production.
0: That that's a very unusual way to, to start a CG production that way. To to walk around the act it out uh, as a theater in the office. Absolutely. Kind
3: of and, and that's one thing that I love because it's, you know, coming from before Join GBK. I did a lot of live action stuff, and and you know there's a location that you can respond to. Mm. You know there's physical props, and you can like that'll you know that will create ideas. Uh, whereas the way that we do it now, although we do it in the computer, it doesn't it doesn't offer the same tactical response that you can actually place a camera somewhere and then you know you can look at it and see. Yeah. So so that's what I liked about this. You know like when we did record that blocking thing, we noticed that okay we need to maybe shorten. You know when he jumps off the boat, he can't mm. be running. You know, fifty meters of a beach. So let's just trim, you know, compress that, mm-hmm. and and I got that straight away. We can try that really quickly, um, which became a really good you know basis for the previous artists mm-hmm. to sort of base that off. of. So, you know, I, I hope that we can do more of these sort of physical, oh, yeah. blocking think, physical tests yeah. before actually doing it on the computer. That's you know. But but then
0: technically, uh, you mentioned that you then go on to do a previous. You you do that in the, in the mocap stage. Yeah. Uh, do you act out the entire thing in one take
3: there as well? No, so so given the distance that he travels, yeah. um, you know, we couldn't, you know, obviously we don't have a stage that's 200 meters <laughs> no. or whatever it is. So wish we, ha- we had. But. Yeah, wish we had. So we had to sort of uh, break it up, um, which, um, you know, the blocking also became a tool for that. Uh, so we can sort of figure out, okay, well, let's do the boat, let's split that into two. Mm. Because it's, you know, it's 80 meters so long, our stage is 10 meters. So let's split it into two and then we, you know. So those are the type of exercises that, that you know you get to do, with, you know that you have to do.
1: One aspect of that rehearsal was that I really loved was that when we put the boat in there and we did the first take, uh, uh, rehearsing it, and uh, we actually saw that you had to duck under the the boom, under the sail, yeah. and come up on the other side. Yeah. To me, that I didn't know if that was planned or not, but that was like, wow, this is really cool. We we're actually responding to the CG environment in the performance, exactly, and actually adding to me. The real realism to that. Performance. Yeah, that's a really good point because
3: mm. I was I was standing with the with the you know in our in our office with with the Oliver our layout lead, and he brought in the the model so we can look at it you know in the computer and then you know we sort of did a mock up and then we noticed okay there's a beam right here mm. and then uh, Simon Olsen which is where our, our mocap DP mm. he was looking at this and was like well let's start on the other side. Mm. Of, of that beam, and then have him walk close to to the people that he will interact with, and then swing around underneath it, mm. um, which became this thing because we follow him, and he's pointing at you know what we lovingly call the ugly biking. So the camera pans <laughs> over to the ugly biking, and then for in order to for it to come back 180 degrees, that would take too long. Mm. So that's why we had they were you know duck underneath the, the boom and then meet the camera and that was part of the thing mm. that we just you know physically tried yeah. and, and and you know that idea came with that so once again limitations you know sometimes uh is a, is a mother of all dimensions yeah you know? no,
1: it's, it looks really cool so
3: that was <laughs>
0: <part>. yeah <laughs> so so now we've done a previous uh the script is approved and, and you're finding visual references i assume you start to build props or uh, assets could we talk about the, the other, the next step of the production and the characters, for example?
3: Yeah, so, so like, um, you know, Aver obviously is a, is a, is a character that, that's established, you know, he's in the game. And, and there was also the announcement trailer that was done before. So we had a, you know, we had him as a base model, but, you know, we also introduce other characters. Uh, the shield maiden that we see in the beginning the ugly viking the ugly viking <laughs> exactly um and also also the merchant lord um that that aver and ends up freeing you know those were assets that we didn't have so we so we created those um with our talented uh character lead Kogi, who designed a lot of those um, did
0: you scan actors
3: or did he model them from scratch well we based it on on um, facial models that we had uh, but then we had to work on top of that
1: what we call library shapes. Yeah. yeah. Library so it's basically Frankensteining together uh, different aspects and then customizing those. Yeah. So that there, there's no likeness no. Uh, to anybody, uh, but they become unique characters.
3: Exactly. And, and those base faces are sort of linked to facial rigs that yeah. we can use, so so we can work on top of that. Um, so so that's what we did.
1: But would it be fair to say, uh, Gustav, that we that we pushed the uh, Ivers facial rig a bit?
2: Uh, you know, we we did uh, our, our own look dev and also hair on Eivor on in order to get the result that we wanted. Uh, and of course, we, we did implement our own facial rig and facial expressions into Eivor. It's not just your face.
1: Your figure. Or your voice.
0: And then, now you're... Into production, you're, you're doing all this and then suddenly the news start to talk about something called COVID. The pandemic hits, lockdown and everything. Uh, how did that affect production?
3: Well, I, th- I think Jan can talk from a production point of view, but but um, yeah, it did obviously affect it because everybody was now working from home. And that's always a, a challenge because, you know, we tend to work really closely together mm. uh, in the office. Obviously, you know, he's walking over to, to someone's desks, you know, trying stuff out, sketching and stuff like that, Um, but I mean, we did a quick sort of, you know, we just had to sort of adapt to it.
1: Yeah, we adapted, the whole company adapted to the COVID situation, so people fairly quickly got up and running, uh, working from home. And uh, our producer, uh, Rebecca Cervantes, and Henrik, our supervisor, uh, quickly adapted to that type of workflow. And uh, naturally, there are some challenges involved with that. You know, following up with artists, etc., to make sure that everybody has has the correct brief and is working towards the correct goal. Uh, but I think uh, they did a really great job uh, following up on that. So, uh, I mean, I for me, it felt like it went pretty smoothly. Mm. The whole thing. Yeah, you know? I feel
2: the same actually. You know, it's 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 different, but it's as as effective as it was before. Uh, you know, it it's. it's Sometimes it can be hard to maintain the team spirit within projects because you are separated and you have to have a lot of more meetings and reviews and and sort of syncs because you can't really go over to someone and ask a question. Uh, And it's also challenging to speak, you know, or a chat message or something. And you can't always call everyone uh, all the time. So, so that's a bit challenging to to maintain the the sort of team spirit, uh, but that's something we really work on uh, also and try to maintain. But it's it's harder now than it was before, uh, for sure.
0: Yeah, it was a fairly big team, wasn't it? How many were? You?
3: It, it was a big team, and and you know people come in another project, obviously, because yeah. we're working in stages. But yeah, it was because you know the time span was pretty pretty tight. I mean, yeah, yeah, usually yeah. we spend you know up to like 8 months or whatever yeah. on these type of projects but i think this was over the summer as well wow. so we had to keep it very tight but um
1: yeah i don't I know the exact number of the of the team but these teams they grow and they you know expand mm-hmm. and contract as the project moves moves through different phases um i don't think it was larger than any other cinematic team that we've had the, these past 2 years but uh, but, but the, the covid but, was a challenge and i i think
0: yeah and i mean the, the team was so big so it wouldn't have met each other anyway,
2: even
1: without the No, common, no, no, it's different different constellations and different yeah. parts of the project. And, yeah. but if you put it all together in a credit list it, it it's really long. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but but I think I think
3: you know, just going back to what Gustav said, yeah. I, you know, one thing that we did implement was like daily syncs that we call them. Yeah. Um, for for the team to sort of just to to see where we're at and otherwise you you tend to sort of lose that connection if you you know if it goes like three four days without people speaking and and um you know just having everyone know what the status is on the project and and stuff like that and also just for the shoot i mean that was a big thing where yeah we had to limit obviously the the amount of people that we had on stage Mm. so um ddb the the agency they they were they were in sweden but um they were put in a different room, uh, mm-hmm. and you know, I had like a little walkie-talkie on me, and you know, we could communicate. They could still see the the stage. That's the way that we set it up. So there's yeah. actually, you know, they can they can see what's going on, but they they didn't have to physically be in the studio. No.
1: And the client in Paris could also they were live linked into yeah. the session, so they could see everything that's going on. Yeah, so well. that so that's like the way that we adapted. That was great, and and it worked. It worked nicely. Out.
3: Yeah.
2: Uh, link for, here's the link room right here. This is where we're connecting to the avatar. Me and Norma here to drive these remotely controlled bodies called avatars. And they are grown from human DNA mixed with the DNA of the natives.
3: Hey, welcome!
0: Goodbye Kansas has built a reputation on creating great digital humans. Uh, I have to say that Ava is one of the best ones you've created so far. Uh, why do you think he feels so convincing in these close-ups of his face? And-
3: well, I, I, think, I think it's a combination of things. Um, one thing is obviously the, the breaking the fourth wall. I mean, yeah. that's that's a huge thing, and I love that. You know, having someone look straight into camera. Mm. I mean, you can't get more connected than that. Mm. Um, but then also, you know, it's in the eyes. It's in the it's in the facial rigs. You know, the the amount of uh, fidelity that we have in the, with that. I think I think those are all the combinations, and also just the way the advancement that we've done mm. in the way that we uh, looked at the faces. You know, that we can actually put in details like pores and. All those little things, you know, mm-hmm. those play a great thing. But yeah, just having him look straight at you. I mean,
2: yeah.
1: I, think I wish whole, I could do that with every, every everybody. Looks at this. But it's the whole build up of the whole piece, right? When and when you, when he comes out and he releases the, the the merchant and then looks into camera. It's the whole build up to that point. Uh, the, the lighting, the look dub, the, the modeling, everything. Kind of, yeah. it's it's a little bit of a climax there uh, at that point, and he just mm-hmm. and he and he just releases and you engage with Ivor, and I think that's a really great moment, I think it's a really great moment. Uh,
2: you know, in just that moment is very special also because in, it feels like he's breaking his his sort of character uh, in that little smile, little smirk he does, like he's he has been this badass uh, viking uh, or barbarian that he's portraying uh, in order to set fear into the people he's about to conquer, and, you know, looking into the camera with that little, little smirk, we know that he is not that yeah. barbarian. He's a very smart man. <laughs> That's not his business. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> also, it's, it's just to add to that, actually, and this is,
3: sorry if I go back a little bit, but um, the, the, the way that, that I want to sort of design that whole thing is that, um, with the Wonder as well, is that throughout this whole thing, he's talking to camera, he's mm. leading us somewhere. Like, we're only seeing what he's seeing. Or what he lets us see, right? Mm. So so we're always the camera's always backing up up until that point. You know, when he actually looks at camera, sort of gives us permission to look what he's looking at. And that's for yeah. the first time the camera turns around. And to, we see England. Yeah, and then we see what what he's been seeing, right? Up until then it's been on his sort of terms. You know, yeah. we're only seeing what you know, what he lets us see. So that's
1: you know Yeah, that's a great great thing. That that whole choreography of mm, that mm. really like it. Yeah. R- what was
0: most rewarding with this production favorite moment of
2: it that's uh one, but i think you know as always it's it's working with a great team that's the most rewarding thing uh <laughs> but um you know everyone is is so passionate and working hard towards the same goal and and that's that's something that i enjoy most with working with these kind of things uh but project specific i think it was very rewarding to you know work with assassin's creed because it's a really loved franchise and uh, that everyone knows uh but also of course getting to work with this sort of thematic team of the Viking age uh, that is something really special i think and it was super fun so yeah mm.
0: I was about to ask if you have a favorite part of the trailer, but I think it is that close-up
3: of Ava, isn't it? Yeah I, think, yeah, I think, yeah, definitely. I think that's that's what I love the
1: most. Yeah, no, I think what was rewarding, or for me at least, is this process and setting up those goals and those challenges, of what we want to achieve, and then actually working together with the team and the team executing it at that level. And then we, re- you know, the reward at the end of seeing, yes, we have taken a couple of steps further you know, mm-hmm. down this road, down this path, yeah. we've achieved some very special things. Uh, that whole process, to me, is immensely rewarding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and what's so fun with working these with these types of, of projects? Everybody grows, our narrative grows, our our uh, cinematography grows, our character development grows. Everything is, is yeah. like it, it, it it's constantly evolving. Mm. Yeah,
3: yeah, yeah. Exactly. I, I would. Yeah, you stay to that as well. I think. Yeah, the whole process of of doing this, you know, with, like I talked about before, you know, with the, the script, the the boardmatic, the you know, the blocking, all mm-hmm. that stuff, you know, that all led to um, you know the result that we have. And also, obviously, the the passion of everyone working on it internally. Mm-hmm. I think I think everyone knew that this could be special, and everyone was on on the same page. Mm-hmm. Uh, and also, just, I mean, I want to give kudos as well to the client because I mean, it it was it was a different take yeah, definitely. definitely, and and they trusted us, you mm-hmm. know. Um, even with the one earth, there were some you know question marks if that would work, and then and then just you know having the guts to sort of release this. Obviously, if you look at the reactions on YouTube and stuff, I mean people mm. really responded to it. You know, they, they sort of like this fresh take mm. on, the, on the trailer. So that's that's super rewarding. How how
0: important is it uh, to get those reactions to, to see that so many people are watching it and so many people are commenting and like, wow, saying it's great.
3: It, I mean, I, I love it. I mean, I can't. You know, it's just.
0: No, it's
1: pretty
3: wild. Because <laughs> I mean, you, you know, you're releasing your baby out in the world, and, yeah, yeah. and then if people don't get it, like obviously that's going to be hard. But
2: uh... I think it's 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 quite few people to get that sort of uh, end result. Or you know, when when you have done something, it's it's out there, uh, and and everybody can see it. It's it's like a lot of creative people don't get that big of an audience that we actually do. Uh, so it's. It's really cool. Yeah, and I mean, Assassin's Creed is one of the biggest brands
0: out
3: there. Uh, Yeah. How does it feel to be part of that universe? Amazing. Yeah. That'd be great. Let's work on the TV show now. Now they retreat into a cloud of smoke and congratulate each other on
2: being masters of the universe. Ladies, thank you for the pleasure of your company.
0: I know that you will answer, sorry, can't talk about it, but but I have to ask. uh, What what projects are you involved in right now? (laughs)
3: I know you can't mention titles, but, but, but what kind of project? I mean, we we can say that we that we're working on a you know we did this big pitch this, yeah this the summer that we got and yeah we'll be busy
1: we're we're busy
3: we're busy doing that for a while
0: <laughs> and it's ex- uh, and it's an exciting
3: project I it assume?
0: is it's- are you three guys on that same project? Uh, yeah. Yeah.
3: <laughs> well, you know, why, why break a happy home? <laughs> well, good for you. Yeah, exactly. No, I think, it's, uh, well, without saying anything, I mean, it's 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 pushing um, themes and, 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 and places that we haven't been. Yeah, definitely. Um, so, which is really, really cool. So. How, how important is that
0: creatively when you get a new project that, that
3: it is something that you really haven't done before? That I, that I, think, like... I think that's key. You know, you always want to be a little bit, uncomfortable uh, at, at least when you you know, you uh, know exploring new stuff yeah. you know and then sort of pushing pushing you know your, your boundaries in a way
1: I think that's what what drives me in, in all projects I always try to find one or two things in that project that will that you can push mm. that makes that project give something back not just become an iteration of something else but you need to develop something that's what, what drives me and, and, yeah, we have the opportunity now also to explore some, some, some really cool aspects.
0: Exciting. Yeah. Then I look forward to uh, having you here on Yelberg Road again in the future to discuss that project. Yeah. In a year or two. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Many thanks for coming. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. And you out there, thanks for listening. Uh, do mail us if you have questions or suggestions of topics that we should discuss. You reach us at podcast at Until next time, goodbye, at bientôt, auf Wiederhören. Vi